Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View. I hope you're having a great day. Um, hey, just a couple of things I want to focus on as we continue to celebrate and focus on the things that are important to people who live here in coastal Mississippi is uh, the conversation I had with Ashley Edwards yesterday, really, really inspiring conversation. I had the the real benefit and the honor of being one of the founding members of the business council after Hurricane Katrina. The work that they're doing, the, the people who are involved in that effort, I cannot say enough good things about that. One of the things that Ashley said that I, was pretty powerful, he said that he had been the executive director for the Gulf Coast Business Council council since, you know, for about a little over six years. And not one time, not one time, the 14-member executive committee that they have, not one time did they choose to do something when 100% of the of the executive committee didn't vote to move in that direction. You know, the, the, the work you have to do to create alignment around issues like that, you're always going to have spirited discussions and great debate. But when you get a vote that's that's 100% in the favor of the actions that are being taken by the business council and the staff of the business council. That, that says a lot about the kind of work that they're putting into aligning around the issues that are important to coast of Mississippi. If you missed that conversation with Ashley Edwards, the CEO of the business council, go to Facebook and uh, go to the Super Talk. Uh, Gulf Coast 103.1 Facebook page. You can go to your favorite podcast platform or you can go to YouTube and just put Coast View Ashley Edwards. You'll probably get it there. If you don't see it there, you can go to the Super Talk Mississippi YouTube page. You can get it there, but it's really important stuff. Kyle is uh, is out today. We have Dan sitting in for Kyle, but but Kyle is on his way back to from Jacksonville, and boy, the Saints! My goodness, I can't wait to talk to Kyle more about how the Saints performed. What a I mean, is everything that Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune, who joins us every Friday, it's everything the two of them have told us it was going to be. And man, it was they were just a they were a fine-tuned machine in that in that game. Hopefully they can continue to perform like that. And I wonder what it's like to be a Green Bay fan this week. I bet it's hard. Man, when everybody's all the blame game going all around, it's just a shocking uh, turn of circumstances there. And uh, you know, we'll see how that all plays out for Green Bay. But thank God that's not happening in New Orleans right now. And the fact that they did it. With uh, power outages in the in the in the New Orleans region still, and all the work that they did, they had to evacuate to Dallas to to practice. They decided not to play in Dallas. They picked Jacksonville because um, Jack because Green Bay had a history of not playing well there, and it was not easy to get to for Greenhead Green uh, excuse me Cheeseheads, which I, I think is such smart thinking by the Saints administration, and man, they just played so well. So anyway, we'll talk to Kyle more about that tomorrow. So let's move on to our first guest today. It's Renee Davis, and she's the communications manager for the Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence uh, here on uh, in coastal Mississippi. Uh, Renee, how are you doing? I'm doing well today. How are you? I'm doing great. You know this, but I've had, uh, I've had your, your group on this show many times. I have a particular passion for... Uh, for human trafficking, uh, you guys, that's certainly one aspect of what you guys do, especially as it relates to children. Just such a sad and really disgusting part of our society that there's even a market for that. It's 
truly remarkable. People tend to tend to think of human trafficking as something that happens way off in a far land like Africa, and they don't realize that human trafficking can usually be a can be a family member. It could be happening to your in your na- in your yes. next door neighbor's house as we speak. But you guys are focused on that. But you're focused on a lot of different stuff. I want to get into all that. I also want to talk about suicide prevention. There's a really important uh, moment on the calendar around that gives us a good chance to focus on it for a little second. For, but I want to talk about you for a minute. For okay. you, you've been you've been focused on working with children and families for more than 30 years. How did you get? T- talk about your path to get to where you are now as the communication manager there. Um, well, I always just wanted to help people in some way. Um, obviously, knew a lot of people um, coming up. Uh, as an adult and even as a young adult, lots of people um, in college dealing with forms of childhood trauma, um, dealing with relationship issues and things like that. And I was someone that that they talked to. Um, uh, it just became something that I was interested in. And the path that I took was that I just had a wonderful opportunity fresh out of college um, to begin working with kids and families um, in Kentucky. <laughs> and and from there, I moved back to the coast. I grew up here, uh, moved back here and started working and ended up working with the Child Abuse Prevention Center uh, years ago. And um, I've worked law enforcement. I've worked, you know, with, with kids and families in some form of crisis for a very long time. But for the last 11 years, I've been with the Center for Nonviolence. And uh, it's a very challenging but fulfilling place to work. Well, what's interesting to me, we're going to talk more about Suicide Prevention Awareness Month in a second. But what's interesting to me that is that so much of what you guys are focused on, you know, the condition, economic conditions, the pandemic uh, challenges that people may have in their lives, whether it be a job or family issues or mental issues, whatever they might be, all those things tend to swirl around just about every issue that you guys are involved in, doesn't it? That, that's correct. Well, during times of economic stress, we know that things like uh, interpersonal violence has a tendency to spike. Um, and certainly right now, there are a lot of people um, who have been uh, feeling trapped maybe in a, in a house that they're quarantined. Things have eased up a little bit this year from last year, uh, where, you know, for a while there, people really were quarantined in their homes. Uh, we are able to move around a little bit more now, but certainly we're not out of the woods. And so there are a lot of people dealing with stress at home. They're dealing with sickness at home. They may have economic issues from business loss and job loss and things like that. And all of those things have a tendency to drive up stressors that can drive domestic uh, and interpersonal violence. And so those, it certainly makes it a challenging time for the population that we work with. What I, what I, what I think about when I think about the work that you guys are doing, um, and I can't tell you how important it is, you know, that we've got an organization that's willing to work with, you know, uh, the healthcare system, with with uh, with uh, the uh, police departments and sheriff's departments and others. I mean, listen, a wide range of people who are involved in these issues. But the Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence has sort of a multifaceted role. But what I like to think about as it relates to the stuff that you're involved with is sort of like the pandemic. I think about when when I think about the pandemic, I think about someone being on a respirator somewhere and it's hard to think about it. I mean, you don't if you don't see the face, it's hard to think about it. And um, I, I spent some time at Ocean Springs Hospital, Ocean Springs 
I mean, for the St. River Health System, and and saw the number of people who were on ventilators there. And it's hard to talk. It's hard to get people to to think about how many people are, are having pain right now as it relates to that. And I often say about that that it's the same thing as thinking about sexual abuse in a family, you know, or child abuse or human trafficking involving a child. It's hard for people to think about it. It tends to be, as I sort of come down to the to the nut of it, out of sight, out of mind. And for people, it's kind of easy for them to, th- it's better for them not to think about it. And you face that a lot, isn't don't you? Just the, people yeah. th- really getting their head around the kind of issues you have to face. It is. Um, it's, it's difficult to think that anybody that you like or that you care about could do, uh, you know, some bad things or do some things to hurt people. Uh, but it certainly happens. The numbers of uh, victims that we see across the populations, you know, we serve not just um, domestic violence, but as you mentioned, victims of of sexual assault, victims of human trafficking, um, survivors of homicide victims. So we work with a lot of people who've experienced pain from interpersonal violence. And, you know, no one ever likes to think that the perpetrator is capable of doing what they've done, but obviously they are because it happens so often. You know, one one in four, uh, women at some point, one in seven men will experience, you know, extreme violence from a relationship. Um, you know, one in three experience some form of sexual violence in their lifetime. So we've, we've got lots and lots of people who've experienced this kind of trauma and it's done by people that they care about. And that makes it really difficult. Um, it's compounded by the fact that usually people who are are doing this kind of, of uh, perpetrating this kind of violence against other people tend to be very good at building an image where no one will believe it. Uh, that's kind of part of how they get away with doing it, is that they create an image or a narrative um, as a kind of cover for what they're doing. And so it, it does make it very difficult. It makes it hard for victims to come forward and be believed. That's why we always encourage people to start by believing victims who come forward and talk about it. It doesn't mean that people are automatically found guilty of anything. It just means that we, we investigate. It means when someone tells you what's happened to them, you, you start from a position of, okay, I'm sorry that this happened. Now let's let's look into it. Let's investigate. Let's get you some help, that kind of thing. Um, because so often people who come forward with their stories are met with resistance or with skepticism, and that's the wrong, wrong way to go. So when someone comes forward with their story, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a police department that has made you aware of a situation, or maybe someone makes a phone call, or you know, there's a number of different ways that you guys are engaged. Uh, what I would want to do when we come back, I want to talk about because you know I think maybe you know maybe someone listening to this show now that knows someone that may need the help of your organization, and I want I want to go through just a little bit about what happens when that phone call is made. And, and how do you guys kick in? And what do the counselors look like? And how do you try to create a protective environment for whoever's involved? Um, and, and one that is where trust is really the core of the, of the conversation. We'll come back to that in a second when we continue our conversation with Renee Davis from the Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence. We'll see you after this break. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Cozy. I have Renee Davis, who's the communications director for the Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence here on the coast. They do lots of things. <laughs> they they're they're involved in issues of domestic violence, sexual assault, human trafficking. They are they do a lot of educating uh, p- uh, people. They they're there to answer the phone if people need help. It could be law enforcement. It could be a family. It could be an individual that's being abused or sexually assaulted. Could be could be so many different forms. And what I wanted to do uh, when we came back, Renee, is just talk about what happens when that phone call is made. T- tell me more about the process. If someone's listening to this who needs to make that phone call, what should they expect? Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, we are a full service shelter and, and organization, and we are available 24 hours a day. So people need to understand that they can call us. You know, our crisis line is 800-800-1396. And we serve the lower six counties here in South Mississippi. But even if they're outside of that, we can call them. You know, people call us all the time and we can make referrals if they're outside of our service area. Um, but from the moment that someone picks up the call, we'll be there to listen. And every case is different. Every person, every interaction, every relationship is different. And so everybody that calls us is going to have different needs. Um, what we're going to do primarily is listen, first of all. Um, someone who's contacting us is going to find that there's a person on the other end of the line that's going to believe you know, their story whenever they tell us uh, what's going on with them or start from that position of, of um, just listening empathetically to what they have to say and helping them to figure out what it is that they would like to do. Um, We are very self-determined. We listen to victims of abuse, what they want to do. What we have available is a whole comprehensive array of services. So we have everything from emergency shelter. If that's what someone needs, they want to come into shelter, they uh, feel trapped at home or they feel like they don't have a place to go to get safe from abuse, we can provide that safe space. We don't tell the location where we are. It's confidential. So it's it's a very safe place that someone can come with their family, uh, bring their kids and, and have a place to rest and kind of figure out the next step if that's what they need. Not everyone needs shelter. Some people don't need or want shelter, so they don't have to do that. Uh, we have counseling available. We have case management children's services, transportation, housing, uh, you name it. We have legal services available to help with that so that they aren't trying to go if someone chooses to go through the legal process because of sexual assault or because of domestic violence or trafficking, we can help them with that so they don't have to do that alone. So it really depends on the person and what it is that they want. But when they call us, we're going to listen and do an intake and go from there and help them to figure out what services we can provide to make things easier for them to become safe and and have a a safer journey. So you don't have to remember a phone number. Let me just tell you, the best way, to me, I found the best way to get information about this organization is just do a search on Google. Just just search Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence. You'll get the number, you'll get the address, you'll get a lot of other information that can help you if you want to make a phone call on behalf of someone else or you want to make it on, you know, on, on your own behalf. Uh, Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence. Let's, uh, let's shift gears now and move over to September Mark Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. It's really important because, you know, depression, I think... It, 
everybody has a little ounce, you know, has a little uh, uh, cross with with depression. I think about after Hurricane Katrina, one of the one of the uh, 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 what am I trying to say? Mental health mental health professionals that was at the Sun Herald. She said, think about it this way: that about a quarter of society is right on the edge anyway, and it, it doesn't take much to push them over the edge. After mm-hmm. Katrina, probably fifty percent of the people were on the edge and could have fallen off the edge. But the point that they made was that that everyone is kind of the, in that moment. It could be biological. It could be it could be environmental. We, we all have faced at some point in our lives. I'm sure PTSD or people have de- de- have had to face substance abuse or illness or job loss. The pandemic has created tremendous stress on people. But talk more about why it's important for us to focus focus on suicide prevention in September. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what you're describing, the way I like to say it is that it's you're having a normal reaction to an unnatural situation. Um, living in an abusive situation or living with trauma is not natural. That's not how we're meant to, to be. And so having some negative feelings about it or feeling stressed or hopeless and that kind of thing can be a natural reaction. That doesn't mean that you have to live with it. Um, we know that people living in, particularly in domestic violence, are much, much higher um, to have thoughts of or attempts at suicide because part of what goes along with that abuse is um, a feeling of being trapped or they may have an abuser that's deliberately isolating them from other people or making them feel hopeless, making them feel dependent or worthless. That's all part of the abuse. And so all of those things can drive feelings of feeling trapped or hopeless or not having a way out. And so one of the things that we definitely want to get across during this month and every month is that no one needs to feel trapped. They do have a way out. If they don't feel that they have uh, contact or connection to a family member or to friends that are there for them, we are always there for them. So no one in that situation needs to feel like they're trapped and and we are always here uh, to help with that. I think that just having that feeling that there is an option can be can go a long way towards helping stave off those feelings of, of suicide. Um, and certainly with the counseling that we have, we're able to help deal with some of the depression or PTSD, anxiety, mental illness that goes along with the forms of trauma that our victims uh, often experience. You know, one of the things that you helped me get a better handle on is I sort of I think I knew this just intuitively and had some recollection from printing, you know, obviously many stories about this in my in my newspaper life. But there are so many different organizations that are focused on helping people from from LGBTQ youth to Veterans Affairs. I mean, there's a wide variety of options that people can pick. If yes. they want, and they certainly can just call you and you can steer them in the right direction. But give a sense of just how much focus there is by so many different organizations. Oh, well, we're certainly part of a huge network of helpers uh, in the community because, as you mentioned, we have a, a very a variety of people that we work with and each each person who comes to us is an individual. And so they're going to they're going to need you know different things. Um, but we work along with you know, law enforcement agencies on the coast. We work with other helpers. We work with housing organizations. We help with um, uh, financial uh, organizations that can help people financially or with uh, providing 
resources in the community. Um, we are a United Way agency. We're a part of many different uh, multidisciplinary organizations and coalitions here on the coast. And so we all work together because at the end of the day, we, we all want to have healthy, happy people in our community and healthy and happy families. And so um, whether you contact us directly or whether you come to us through one of the or other organizations that we work with, we, we refer people out and we want to make sure that any organization that can provide services to assist one of our clients or someone who comes to us that we get them to the right place. Well, one of the things that one of the things that was in some information you provided me was about this a simple conversation can save a life. Yes. About showing compassion for someone, just asking someone is everything okay. We yeah. can't underestimate the role that each of us can play to yes. help maybe uncover that someone may have uh, some needs. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, as I mentioned, you know, one of the best things that people can do um, is to simply be a good listener, um, to pay attention. Very often people who are in your circle may be experiencing forms of violence that you don't know about, and they may not feel that they can share that. Or um, very, very often, especially with, with sexual and domestic violence, people feel a sense of shame that really doesn't belong to them because, you know, those are things that are done to them. It's not something that they did. And yet very often people will feel a sense of guilt or feel a sense of shame like they can't talk about it. And so knowing that there's someone they can disclose that to, that they're safe to disclose that to, um, can go a very long way to easing that, that feeling like they have to keep it a secret. So watching for signs that someone is struggling uh, in your in your circle, uh, making sure that they know that they can talk to you, uh, making sure that they know that they can talk to you safely and that it will stay with you. Often people, particularly with domestic violence, you may have somebody that you love that you really want to help or that you're really worried about. Um, and we want to kind of jump the gun and, and tell that person, this is what you have to do, or we want to do it for them. But, but the victim has to want to do it, but you know, we have to ask, uh, what do they want? Because only a victim knows what's safest for them at that moment. So encouraging someone, letting them know that resources are available, letting them know that you'll be there to assist when they're ready to act on it or ask for help can go a long, long way. But the, the biggest thing is just being there, being supportive and believing people when they tell you what they're going through. So September marks uh, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. If you want to get more information, you can certainly do the same search that I mentioned just a few minutes ago, Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence. They can help steer you in the right direction. Renee Davis, we'll, we'll stay, you're, you're a very good communicator. I've really enjoyed spending some time with you today. The work that your organization does cannot be overstated. So uh, stay in touch and make sure we are up to date on the latest at your organization. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure. This has been Renee Davis, Communications Manager at the Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence. When we come back, we're going to have my friend Sonny Schindler. Some, I, I hadn't caught up with Sonny in a way. He's been out there catching fish is the reason why from Shore Thing Charters. We'll see him after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.